you're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast, the Halloween franchise, the Jamie Lloyd movies. Welcome to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Its purpose is to look into the horror films, dissecting them one screen legend and franchise at a time. Our podcast subject for this episode is dedicated to three of the Halloween franchise films. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Halloween 5, Revenge of Michael Myers. And Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. In order to successfully do this, we need a team of horror aficionados who will form this surgical team each episode... So let me introduce you. First up is yours truly, Paul Farrell. I'm the lead surgeon and host for this series of the podcast. Joining me each episode at the Operating Theatre of the Halloween franchise discussions is Chief Surgical Technician, Ben Skinner. Happy Halloween! Woohoo! Yeah, we're recording this on Halloween itself, so um, it's likely that this will feature a few weeks down the track by the time podcasters get to listen to it. But for our purposes, it's Halloween and we're we're dressed up ready. Yeah, I've got my Um, finest... Yeah, uh, no, I'm dressed up as myself right yeah, yeah. now. You, you are Ben sad. Skinner. You're playing Ben we Skinner. We are actually man. recording this uh, at our place of work. So we are. It's it's. I don't know if they seem yeah, to be we're... quite. There's a few people dressed up today. There are. I've but, seen a few people dressed up. I but, mean, but I, it seems like uh, the Halloween craze hasn't quite made its way into the, the general workplace as of yet. No, it's no, acceptable not to, uh, yet. Although that's it's creeping through, isn't it? It's creeping through. Like the floor that we're on, there's just a whole like in the ki- yeah. the kitchen's been turned into like a candy fest. And I feel like that speaks mm. to the greater Australian uh, community. Like, yeah, it's. It, I feel like Halloween's been growing. People have been saying every year for like the last 10, 20 years. Like, oh, you know, it's it's it's. It's becoming Halloween. a thing. Halloween. Slowly but surely. I'm sure there's little pockets of suburbia here and there that we trick-or-treating tonight, but other places you wouldn't even know. Um, no, no, that's yeah. right. I mean, like, it's weird. Actually, like, um, I'm on the wrong side of the tracks where I'm in the Blue Mountains because literally on one side of the tracks, they just go Halloween crazy, and on the yeah. other, there's just nothing's dead. And, and you're just... Come on, oh, guys. Oh, I got candy. <laughs> Please come and entertain me. <laughs> Yeah, it's all good. So look, we're here, as I said, to just uh, talk about 4, 5 and 6 of the Halloween franchise. I'm deliberately grouping these together. Um, so if we, if I just quickly uh, give a bit of background on each one, Halloween 4 would be released six years after Season of the Witch and would be directed by Dwight H. Little. Among his credits would be uh, Rapid Fire of Brandon Lee fame, uh, Free Willy 2, <laughs> oh, probably the best free will. Yeah. And uh, Murder at... Oh, so I've got Murder at 1600. And Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Yes. So did it get a cinema release? I don't know if it did. Did like, it get one? No, I feel like it did. It might not have. Didn't I do have, remember didn't watching have J-Lo, it. Didn't have J-Lo, though. Didn't have J-Lo, yeah. Never going to work, is it? Uh, and the movie would see the return of our much-loved villain, Myers, who would find his old foe, Dr. Sam Loomis, and uh, once more... Um, I'm going to say that phrase, that line again, sorry. Myers would find his old foe, Dr. Sam Loomis, once more, blocking his killing spree. And Jamie Lloyd, played by Danielle Harris, as his niece and intended victim. Halloween Fire, The Revenge of Michael Myers, would swiftly follow the following year in 1989, directed by, I'm going to try and pronounce this right, Dominique Ottenon-Girard, uh, a director of, um, of the film and... Uh, and stage alike in his craft. Among his credits uh, includes Omen 4, The Awakening. Uh, in this one, the story... <laughs> These guys really are the go-to... Come on, like, for sequels. Shitty sequels. Shitty you know, sequels. Yeah, I wasn't going to say too much on that one. Or maybe we should. Um, the story would pick up again with Jamie Lloyd and Dr. Sam Loomis as her uh, protector and would also introduce the mysterious man in black. Finally, in our discussions, is Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Um, And it would briefly feature Jamie Lloyd, but the protagonist would switch to a grown-up Tommy Doyle played by Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. Stephen Paul Rudd. Stephen Paul Rudd. So did he change his name after that movie? Maybe. Because of that movie? I don't know. He just wanted to completely just separate Um, himself from that. Yeah, that's right. And for the last time, Donald Pleasance as um, Dr. Sam Loomis... Uh, would come back and the reveal of whom the man in black was uh, it may seem like a lot to get through in this podcast but we i do want to try and tackle these movies in unison by focusing on the key characters that are involved so first up let's take a look at jamie lloyd 
Um, she's the daughter of Laurie Strode, and uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was actually offered uh, the chance to return to part four, but she declined due to other commitments. Uh, other commitments in quotation marks. In quotation marks. Yeah. Uh, she suggested that her part be killed off in an automobile accident as a way of getting around things, oh, which the is old in the script. Automobile accident. Oh, that! Oh. That old Chesnut. Um, Jamie Lloyd would be played in uh, parts four and five by Danielle Harris, as I uh, said earlier. Um, it's never really revealed who her father is, but some fans have speculated that it could have been Jimmy from Halloween 2. I just, you know what, I just can't picture her having a kid, like, after all the shit that's happened. Like, Laurie Strode. I feel like she... Even though it does happen again, like, uh, when they kind of reinvent the wheel again by H2O, she's, mm. got, a, she's got a son by that point. Yeah. Which, yeah. supposedly, she in, in order for that to be correct, I think she would have had to have had him three years after the events of... So they, they fuck with the timeline, obviously. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, well this isn't the, the series for that, if we're looking for continuity of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Not at all, yeah. not at all. It goes... In fact, there's like... I think there's three strains currently going. They've got like the original... Uh, so the original um, Halloween timeline, which was uh, Halloween, Halloween 2, H2O and Resurrection. Right. Then there's the Jamie Lloyd kind of curse... Four, curse. Five, six. Four, five, six, yeah. yeah, and then Rob Zombie. <coughs> Rob Zombie. Well, it's still not yeah, as fucked up as the X Men timeline, so that's true. That's true. Yeah. So if we look at, uh, so we look at Jamie. She's raised by her foster parents and has a closer relationship with her older foster sister Rachel Carruthers, played by Ellie Cornell. Um, Halloween Four would see Jamie pursued by her uncle Michael Myers at first through her nightmares and visions, and then in reality as she goes on a killing spree, as he goes on a killing spree uh, to reach her. Uh, more Myers in, in, a bit down the track. Um, there's an under siege moment when Jamie, Rachel, and a handful of others hide out in the house, awaiting Myers' return. Inevitably, he does so, and the chase continues onto the roof, where Rachel falls to the ground. Um, all is well, though, and uh, she and eventually the pursuit ends up in a pickup truck where Michael's off a few people. Old-fashioned car chase. Yeah, and then begins to attack Rachel, who is now driving said vehicle. Myers is thrown off the car and rammed down. Myers is eventually gunned down, but not before the suggestion of his spirit passing on to Jamie. The climax of four sees Jamie possessed by Michael and stabbing her stepmother with a pair of scissors much to the shock of Rachel Loomis and the sheriff, who stare on aghast at no. what may have become <laughs> of the sweet innocent Jamie. Yeah. So, like, I just kind of obviously wraps that up really, really quickly about Jamie uh, just on uh, yeah. part four. Yeah. Um, so is there anything that stood out for, for her character for you in this period? So, obviously, like, without Jamie Lee Curtis's commitment, mm, um, they have to look at somewhere else. So yeah. they're going with a, well, let's keep the bloodline kind of thing mm. going... And he's now uh, trying to attack uh, his niece. Yeah, it makes sense that he would just continue going after family members. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, what makes him unique? Like, that's that. Yes. His singular purpose is to, you know... Yeah. To go after the bloodline. But... That's right. She... Yeah, as an anchor for the movie, I don't know whether she's quite... I mean, like... It doesn't really hold a flame at all to, to, to Curtis, but she's no. also a child actor as well. Exactly, so. yeah. I think she's quite good um, in a lot of the scenes where she has to be traumatised. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, it, it does traumatise very well. But yeah. I, I suppose I, I, maybe they were just scaring the shit out of her on set. Perhaps. It's interesting, but, hey, because like you see a lot of the uh, behind the scenes uh, uh, images and stuff of of this movie, and it looks like she's having a blast, like you know. Yeah. They're all. I mean, everyone smiles for cameras, but you know, yeah. it does kind of look like they're having fun. And she did say that she had fun on set too. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, when there's so many rules conventions. involved with, with using child actors anyway, so mm. she barely would have. Yeah. Would have been on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So look, it looks. I, I actually, I really, I like her in this movie. I think, I think yeah. she hits the notes perfectly as far as what they were trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, and it is there's enough there, enough. Um, uh, concern about her character in particular to warrant um, uh, the audience to care about what what actually happens yeah. to her and her, for her to survive. Um, you know, her her sister Rachel Carruthers, I guess, is your kind of an- anchor as far as uh, a bit more of a grown up kind of character who's there trying to support yeah. her. And uh, uh, as Michael's goes on the chase, 
Um, but yeah, I kind of I did like it. But more importantly, I really like the ending to this movie. Yeah, I think I actually think the ending stood out to me as well. Like there, it, I like that it just keeps building, and it's it's not just in the house. Like no, it, it, it takes it beyond that, and you know it continues. You know, for a, a lot longer than what we're used to. Yeah. With these, with these yeah, movies. yeah, that's right. And takes takes it to a new place. Um, but I do think that. Yeah, I, I do think the whole time you're watching this film, you kind of, you not, not you, I don't really buy the fact that she is Laura Strode's daughter. Like, they they try to connect them, but it doesn't. Yeah. Never really feels like it, it's it's a direct sequel to to those films. Like, it no, feels, strangely, it like, and and it and I think that's why, as I said, there are these like three different strains because they are of, of ha- Halloween. You know, you know, as I said, with the the original. Uh, franchise um, timeline, this kind of Jamie Lloyd character timeline, and, and the mm. Rob Zombie ones are uh, all contained like a very different feel to each other. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it is a it is a strange one, isn't it? And and it does sit separate from the others. Uh, like, but as a, as I said, I I think overall I kind of in, I did enjoy this movie, like, and I do like the idea of this whole kind of you know what is what or who is Michael Myers. Is the evil spirit, you know, something that can be kind of passed on mm. uh, through the bloodline? You no, know? so does you know by it, the way they intone the ending is that Jamie Lloyd's character has picked up yeah. this uh, for one of a better yeah. word like e- evil entity. And I actually, because as I, I, so I said, I, I like kind of interesting. I liked where the ending went, but mm. I don't necessarily buy it when she does that turn <laughs> with so, a knife. It's just so sudden, like yeah, yeah. I don't think it was really hinted at enough. But like for her to just suddenly change, yeah. And I don't like. I don't think I like the idea as much of of Michael being. Whenever the supernatural like comes Element in, comes in, yeah. I know, but obviously, obviously before now we've seen a lot more things yeah. happen that just he should have been dead long ago. Yes, so obviously, yeah, yeah. obviously there's, there's always something. been a supernatural element to it. That's right. The fact that he's able to just like infect her with his soul or something, mm. take over her body or yeah, 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 um, for sure, spark something. But it just it did seem when she does that evil turn, it did seem to come out of nowhere for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I don't know whether more could have been done to like, play up on that, or like, yeah, I mean, especially there. like I don't know if there should if there needed to be a, a scene between Maya's demise and her being transported back home, yeah, and seeing her conflicted in some way. I don't know. But maybe I guess, that's what I guess it is, they were maybe. going for a big shock ending. So yeah. It was like, you know, they wanted an ending that people would talk about after leaving the cinema. And they definitely got that. They definitely got that. So, look, let, let's look at where Jamie Lloyd's character goes from Halloween 5. So, we kind of pick her up at Haddonfield's ch- uh, Children's Clinic. Uh, the results of the previous film, Miss Dominic, has left her a bit mute. Well, mute. Her, <laughs> not a bit. She is mute. Her nightmares have escalated and she now has seizures to boot. Once more, Danielle Harris plays the role of Jamie. Uh, this time, when Michael comes back from the dead... Jamie picks up his spirit and can see when he kills and more convulsions occur when, when she does so or when he does kill. Um, the film concludes back at the Myers house where her uncle, uh, through its various nooks and crannies, um, she's trying to escape from him, um, including there's that great... There is actually quite a great sequence where she's trying to climb up inside the laundry chute uh, yeah. pursued, by, uh, you know, pursued by Michael. I, I kind of like that sequence. Um, all appeals were well again when uh, Loomis then uh, helps to ensnare Michael um, but when they are escorted back to the police station she discovers dead officers all over the place uh, a bit Terminator style definitely Um, and she uh, and then she starts to moan in terror at the carnage that lay before her no no that does not actually happen no no almost it could have if George Lucas remade this film (laughs) that's it (laughs) <laughs> um, so what do we what do we make of her journey in in this in uh, Halloween Five: The Return of Michael Myers? Uh, I, th- I actually thought that they would go and commit to the evil child. Thing, yeah, they just didn't. Like, no, no. And you know, from from the little that I've read about the film, I think they were going to, but someone um, took issue with that. Like they didn't agree with evil kid. Well, they didn't. It, they sort of there's bits of it in there. Like obviously, mm. she's still affected, but. If if it had been like you know Michael and her teaming up or yeah you know maybe, it was, maybe <laughs> tag <they're>, team <laughs> yeah, maybe they thought it was a bit too like 
like full on having a kid like go around killing killing people. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's where I thought that when four ended, I figured that's what that it would go. Well, that that on. seemed like the natural transge- transgression for it, you know. But like yeah. you know, but then Myers by this point is such a loved character. Mm. What do you do with him? You know, if you he's got some kind of psychic <laughs> killing. And it could have it couldn't go couldn't pretty bad if. Um, you know, he started caring for her and you know, <laughs> taking her clothes shopping and like buying masks. And just, taking her driving lessons. Yeah, that's as well. right. Like, All yeah. the big milestones. Wherever he learned to drive. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, look, uh, what, do, what do you make of her being mute in this too? Like, that's been a bit of a contention as far as uh, fans of the, fi- of, of the does, franchise are concerned. She does eventually, doesn't she? She does, she but like she's kind of subjected to just kind of running around and, you know, looking a bit panic-stricken and not really having much... Much yeah, to do outside whether, it's of that a, because whether this is a real betrayal of, you know, I mean, where do you go after stabbing <laughs> stabbing someone with a pair of scissors? Like, yeah. what would actually, what effect would that have on you? And, you know, would they actually send you, like, would she have been given electroshock therapy or? Like, yeah, yeah. I just I think, you know, it's a coping mechanism. feels like they kind of missed, missed the opportunity to do something interesting or a bit different with the franchise at this stage with her yeah. character, but, you know, yeah. that, that was their choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so look, by the time we get to Halloween Six, are you okay if I talk about move on to Six? Or no, do you I was just, I, I, one thing I was gonna say is yeah. it's it's clear that they um like it almost feels like these were shot like back to back. Yeah, well, like these I said, this one was definitely the following year, so it's kind yeah. of a release, so it has got that. And the way that they finish yeah. off in four, it's almost like they knew they were coming back. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like because this is the model for films now. Yeah, they yeah. They always have. You know, you always got to set up the sequel in the last couple of minutes. And That's it. The fact that Michael is, you know, he collapses and he, it turns out he's been like looked after by, by this guy for like years or something. Yeah, yeah. In between the films. That's right. Between f- uh, five and six. Are we like to believe. <laughs> there is a bit of a and it kind of I guess it goes and we're not talking about mice strictly quite yet, but there is a bit of a. Frankenstein kind of nod to this in the end of uh, Frankenstein, James Wales Frankenstein, mm. you see him plummet down a mine shaft right. uh, at the bottom of as the oh, windmill okay. catches I fire now, and yeah. then he's then supposedly kind of you know stumbles and finds his way against you know, to yeah. a, I think it's a blind man that kind of mm. helps him out um, but yeah, so there is kind of like a bit of, bit of a nod to that so I don't know what happens to him, you've got a thing about um uh, timelines, don't you? Because I know in our, <laughs> our, our our last discussion on in Halloween two, we were talking about how, how Michael Myers' movements and the believability yeah. between yeah. Well, films. It's, in, it's interesting yeah. that they've they chose to they skipped a few. Was it a year or a couple of years? Between four and uh, five and six. Between four and five. Four and five is, a, is the following year. Yeah. So, so it's, it's one year. So yeah. yeah. Um, but then there's a bit, there's a bit of a gap between five and six. Yeah, but it also it's also like the fact that this was released like a year later. Yeah, it's almost like that current model of the, yeah. what the Saw films and the Paranormal Activity. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. That's you get it out every year, like around because people expect it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think we said in our I can't even remember what discussions it was in a previous discussion about how there's a lack of that now, and are we going to be returning to that again? Yeah, it has actually gone away. I haven't seen it yet. It but was a Paranormal Activity that came out last year. But right. Yeah, but that's they've kind of flogged that one, haven't they? Yeah. I don't know if they can resurrect like Saw's coming back next year. Yeah, I heard that. And um yeah. and maybe who knows with uh the, there's been a lot of positive talk about Ouija um too, which was gonna keep going. Mike Flanagan has kind of resurrected although apparently this was a prequel. Haven't seen it yet. I but, guess by their nature they're yeah. quite easy to churn out that in that way. Yeah, like, yeah. Especially with the the model that um, James Wan's taken on like those films are shot for a small budget yeah. in LA yeah minimal um, post work involved so you can yeah. see how they can, they're able to do that but back then they would have been thinking like because it was obviously such a long period between three and four yeah yeah they that's right to like strike the island while it was hot mm. yeah agreed or the machete oh the machete the machete while it was sharp the uh, look so let, let's look at six as far as uh, Jamie Lloyd's character is concerned. This by this time her character has been subjected to a, more of a minor role. She gives birth to a boy in the night of October thirtieth, nineteen ninety-five, which is when the film was released. Um, this time uh, we've got J.C. Brandy playing um, the role of Jamie Lloyd. Harris reportedly asked for a figure of five k that Dimension Films refused to pay. 
Um, Harris has also suggested that she wasn't happy with the script. Um, so anyway, but as the character's concerned, uh, Lloyd is, uh, Jamie Lloyd is, uh, has been imprisoned by the man in black who we saw at the end of number five. Uh, but manages to escape and sends out a cry for help via a radio station call line before hiding her baby from a pursuing Michael. In the theatrical release, uh, Michael kills her fairly early on when she's pinned to a corn thresher and disemboweled, which is a pretty gruesome yeah. <laughs> death scene. It's um, a bad way to go. In the, uh, in the producer's cut, though, uh, which has only kind of started to see the light of day, um, she actually survives only to be like shot in the head a bit. No, no, she doesn't. They don't have that scene in it. Like right. it, it happens because it is quite later you're, on. You're actually doesn't. quite surprised that they kill her. So, so yeah, 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 and I guess that was going to be my um, my introduction to. Uh, what? Well, sorry, uh, my uh, my comment about that is like, what do we feel about that? Because we've supposedly invested two two movies yeah. with this character, and to have her kind of killed off. Is that a bit too well, dismissive? Me, or as a, like a sounds like a heartless thing to say. But I had no particular love for the character anyway. Yeah, so, okay. You know, yeah, she did die. It was wasn't really. I'm just like, let's get back to Paul Rudd now. <laughs> uh, yeah, when's he coming into it? <laughs> and what's with yeah. his what's with his like eyeshadow going on? Man? He loved it. Look, we'll get to Paul Rudd. We will get to Paul. But Rudd. Um, yeah, I think it was surprising when it did happen. But I think. I think it's kind of a good thing killing off your main character in the first act. Like it's yeah, so, yeah, that's true. That is true. But how much longer does she stay around for? And see, that's the thing. Like, I'm only been, I've only been reading about this, um, you know. So I've never actually seen the producer's cut. So I need to get my hands on it. It's on, it's on Blu-ray, um, but the copy I have uh, was just a DVD. So yeah. just, um, but yeah, I need to kind of uh, look at it because there's been a lot of. Uh, I I'm not a great lover of six. I have to say, like I feel like it's it's quite weak. Oh, but that, that's shocking. <laughs> that's shocking. I'm, I'm being uh, polite in that too. But but apparently the producers cut gives it a bit more strength, and there's and there's been yeah. a lot of fans of the Halloween franchise who really support the, that right. version of the film. So it's less shitty. It's like less it's like shitty. The ultimate edition of Batman vs Superman. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not gonna fix. It's not, it's not gonna fix all the issues with the film, but. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, look, and the last thing I'm going to say on uh, Jamie Lloyd's character as well is like when we come, by the time we come to H2O, um, when Lloyd Strode comes back, Jamie's journey is wiped from continui- continuity. Yeah. Is that what? Yeah. Uh, with no mention of her in future installments. And I just wondered what your thoughts are on that. Like, yeah. they kind of just basically, there's no reference to her at all. And we might touch on that in, in H2O when we talk about it, but. Um, you know, because like originally in H2O, her character was mentioned, but they kind of cut, they decided to end up cutting out all references to her. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how does that stand? Because, like, like, you by doing that, you are kind of really saying that yeah. four, five, and six aren't yeah, yeah, yeah. part of that. And then doing so, you know, H2O really is saying, no, this is following on from two. From two. Um, and three is just like that's that's just a whole other thing right there. That's on a Majesty's Secret happy Service. Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think I don't know. Like it probably angered some fans. But yeah. Then, did anyone really love the storyline that they had going on? Like the arc that they had going on here? Like, yeah, I know, I know. It's interesting because we are looking at, like you said, like a the whole supernatural element, really, particularly in six. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they're playing with the notion of like Myers is. Is basically a puppet being controlled mm. by a, a load of doctors, essentially that uh, who have turned to this cult. Yeah, it's, the it's curse a of Thorn cult. But yeah, um, I think the, with H two O, I think people were been so glad just to have Jamie Lee Curtis back. back they wouldn't yeah, yeah. care that this this storyline was jettisoned. Yeah, yeah, and, and it does. I mean, I might. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get you to answer this now. But something to think about by the time we finish our Halloween discussions. Mm. Um, is where you know there's supposed to be a new Halloween film coming out next year. They've hit a not bit from of Rob Zombie, right? not from Rob Zombie. Yeah, they've they've hit a brick uh, a bit of a brick wall about where do they pick up? You know, where do they pick up the storyline from? Do they continue the yeah. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis kind of yeah. period? Or obviously, you know, well, spoilers. You know, she's not around is, anymore. You'd be getting pretty old now, Michael. He would be. Yes, he's ageless. <laughs> He is ageless. And like, but like, do they then, or do they pick up on the whole four, five, and six storyline as, as far as su- the supernatural element and the whole Curse of Thorn storyline, or do they just pick up where Rob Zombie left off? 
yeah. in that installment. Do you know what I mean? So they've yeah. got a bit of a conundrum there. It sounds like you, you would think that they would just go for the safest option, which is to just go right back to the right back to the start and maybe it's funny because if they've already they've already gone back to the, with H two O, they went back yeah to the initial films. You can't go back there again. So or can you? Well, like you know, do they do a Marvel with Spider Man and just kind of yeah, just do it again? For well, the, that's probably the most likely scenario. Who I can't knows? See them, I can't see them going back and revisiting this. The four, five, six arc. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, look. Let's uh, let's look at um, possi- possibly the reason to watch four, five, and six, and that's Doctor Sam Loomis played by Donald Pleasance. Um, you know, notably in this story arc across the three movies. Uh, you know, um, his presence is is noted, and in, in the in the sense that uh, is he one note? Maybe he's one note, but like he, you know, he plays that note really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you've got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis um, and uh, the Laurie Strode character out of the picture. Myers needs to have a nemesis to play off, um, and would see Donald Pleasance take on that role throughout uh, his you know this part of the series. Um, Hearing of Michael's return, Loomis goes back to Haydenfield in, in uh, part four. Uh, there's a great scene at the petrol station where Loomis thinks he's illuminate he's he's illuminating? No. <laughs> there's a great scene where at the petrol station Loomis thinks he's hallucinating and uh, seeing Myers at the time. He pleads with him not to go back to Haddonfield and this results in Myers driving off in a tow truck. Loomis uh, tries to shoot after him but it's of no use as the petrol station becomes engulfed in flames. Kinda like that moment. But it's a bit action movie. Yeah, it, was a bit. There's like a slow motion dive. <laughs> there is, like, there is. I just had a brief, you know, I wanted to see that Donald Pleasant's like Death Wish movie. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, How cool would that be? Yeah. But the main thing with, the, with him, like before we like go into the rest of the, the films, is how, for, how the hell did he survive getting burnt alive in number number two? Yeah, they kind of gloss over that in a big way, don't they? Like but he's got he's got scarring. scarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. But, but yeah, they didn't. They didn't really get around that, did it's, they? It's, that's what, I guess that's what happens when you write yourself into a bit of a, <laughs> yeah. a corner. It's like, what? I kind of killed him in that last movie, but we have to bring him back. Cause it's yeah, because and also there's no one. They had no one else to continue that. Yeah, like no Laurie yeah. Strode. Although also that so. film ended with a you know a shot of Michael very much being yeah. burnt to a crisp. That's true. And that's right. And yeah, he's been. So is that does that say something about Sam Loomis? Is he also of the supernatural? I don't think anyone. I don't think <laughs> anyone presumes that. But no, um, no I don't I think, think so too. He's just a survivor, man. Like he's just—he's a survivor. He just does what. He's just a complete selfless dude. Yeah, yeah. He never cares it. about himself. No. Doesn't have a family. No. Just you know. That's it. It's an obsession, really, isn't it? It is. It is. It's like Van Helsing into. Uh, to Dracula kind of whole kind of does okay so then um, <laughs> Loomis then tries to convince the police that Myers has returned uh, Loomis seeks to protect Jamie from her uncle and tries to do so at her house but when he leaves to go in search of Myers that's when Myers attacks said house um, Loomis then takes Jamie to the schoolhouse only to be confronted by Michael and then thrown out of a window uh, once more he survives the confrontation though <laughs> Um, and the climax of H4 uh, is uh, still quite a strong one when Loomis uh, s- uh, sees that the evil which consumed Myers now seemingly inhabits uh, Jamie, as we mentioned. No. He's, uh, no. he's confronted by his worst fears and sobs in the corner, an uncontrollable wreck of a man. Uh, kind of noted here that it was quite a great performance by Pleasance, that well, yeah. one moment. Is it because yeah. he blames himself? Like, he, you know, he feels terrible because... Right. He could have done more to prevent this from I happening. think so. There's a few things playing on there, isn't there? There's the whole kind of failure of, of not protecting Jamie. The whole re- thinking that you finally vanquished evil only to yeah. you know, have it kind of stare you in the face. And then once again, it's like history repeating. With the... yeah. How much more fucking disappointment can this guy take? Yeah. <laughs> you Bro- broken shell of a man. Broken shell of a man. But it wasn't enough to deter him from coming back for H5. No. Uh, oh, no. Loomis, uh, he's, uh, he, at this point, he pressures Jamie to lure Michael out. Uh, he comes a bit of a dick in this one, doesn't he? Because he does kind of use her as bait a heck of a lot more. Um, he's learned that they are... He learns, obviously, that uh, Jamie is telepathically linked. 
uh, to Michael, and this becomes his new obsession. He essentially uses her as bait, as I said, at the old Myers house. Uh, the police disband, leaving Loomis alone with Jamie to confront Myers, which he says, now you'll come, won't you, Michael? Um, Loomis tries to reason with Michael but it fails and uh, Michael slashes Loomis across his abdomen Uh, Loomis though still survives Um, (laughs) he awakens in time to rescue Jamie by casting a net over Myers and then bludgeoning him with a wooden plank it's not exactly the most inventive way to take down your villain (laughs) keep beating him beating him (laughs) back to basics Um, what do we think of uh, Loomis's uh, role in, in five here as you know uh, he's mate. He's just he's just he's just given up, hasn't he? He just doesn't care anymore. He's just yeah, like how, like because like that particular that that well the last time we see him really in five is him, you know, really laying out mm. Myers in a is that if that's all it needed to defeat Myers <laughs> a four v two just, just yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it just the I mean, first five minutes you know someone yeah. conks him over the back of the head so take that you bastard credits. Credits roll. Yeah. Um, look, anyway, and so look, interestingly though, uh, Pleasance does return again for Curse of uh, Michael Myers in the sixth instalment. Um, it's re- it's revealed now. I quite like this journey of Loomis in this one. I like what they what they did with him, you know, because it's revealed that Loomis has now retired. Uh, it becomes yeah, she something says of it a to camera. Yeah, like, I know. He turns, he's like retired. Actually, <laughs> it's quite funny, isn't it? He's so having fun at this, at this point. And it, this would actually be his last ever film credit as well, which yeah. is um, a, a sad way to see I was wondering, I, I figured he, um, he completed the film and then it was yeah. long after. Mm. Um, but yeah, he does look a bit, he does look quite frail. Like he does he, look frail. the first time he yeah. looks like, you know, yeah, suddenly he, he looks quite old. Yeah. Um, and he's become something of, not, not pleasant, but <laughs> Loomis has become something of a recluse uh, yeah. by this point too. Um, you know, and he... Uh, um, they mentioned him having uh, suffered a heart attack after his last encounter with Myers with the rage of the <laughs> two by four um, he's called into action once again though when he hears uh, Jamie's cries over the radio uh, at which point then Loomis then learns that Jamie has given birth to a baby boy and the bloodline has continued um, he also learns that a, of a cult uh, that has been practiced beneath the mental sanitarium of uh, Smith's Grove by his former colleague and Loomis helps our protagonist Tommy, uh, Kara and the baby escape from the hospital at the end of the movie. He heads back inside to deal with unfinished business. The fate of both him and Myers is unknown at the climax of the film as we see Myers' mask on the floor and screaming coming from somewhere in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Your sound effects are awesome. I think Um, that was was spot on. That was spot on. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's that weird, and they end on the pumpkin shot does end on the pumpkin shot again so I'm like that was the thing I was you know the whole film is like because they all have and we've been talking about the inclusion of the pumpkin in the opening yes yeah yeah wasn't a single pumpkin no until the end of the at the end of six yeah yeah I don't know what they were because he just cuts to like you know close up pumpkin candle goes out cut to black yeah they're slightly new it was quite a rushed I thought it was quite a weird like a weird ending like I know I know what they were trying to do Keep it up. Did you feel yeah, like this was added? in the <laughs> yeah probably added later in, on, in yeah. the politest possible way? Uh, the whole movie felt a bit rushed and just dis- incredibly disjointed. Yeah, like so. I wonder, like having like we're obviously speaking of this without seeing the producers cut. Mm. Whether that is why fans of the franchise prefer that one because it maybe it does start to make more sense the movie, mm-hmm. um, but. There were elements of it that just felt like I was I was being really thrown out of the movie and yeah, just found it really kind Stuff of alienating at like, times. And yeah, the the, he how crap was he? The wife and yeah, like like that. I just found that really. Yes, he gets his comeuppance. He stuff. does like, and I'm glad he did because he, he was. I just found him really yeah yeah. I just found him really really. He was he was a shit actor. Let's face it, he wasn't he wasn't good. <laughs> So yeah. it just it Sorry doesn't matter. that guy. <laughs> but yeah, the um, ending in particular with yeah. Loomis, like with Loomis, this is the end of that character's, you know, yeah. arc. That's right. And we're like, you know, are we happy with the way that he goes out? It's like, you know, I, that's why I feel like they added it later on, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, they cut to the shot, Michael's gone, and then let's get some shitty, like, sound effects of someone that doesn't <laughs> sound like Donald Pleasance in the background. Is this on par with 
your scathing review of Liam Neeson in the grey. <laughs> Where yeah, you seem I about to done, take on I the wolf. I would have gone to, to fight a bunch of wolves. Yeah. No, the, you know, that final standoff, you know, would have been... Know. Is that what it's missing? Because, like, you know, we we, we have Tommy, basically, is the one that sizes up to him at the end. Yeah, maybe... But, is, it, is it out of the fact that Donald Pleasance couldn't do as much of that probably. physical stuff? Probably, yeah, I reckon. So they've just done that as a way of... Must have done, yeah. Yeah. Um... Look, and and when you look back at the, you know, it's weird, isn't it? When you look back at the Halloween franchise, it became so synonymous with Donald Pleasance and his role of Sam Loomis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to picture him not in a Halloween franchise film. Yeah. Um, although they did do that <laughs> in future films. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, I just I really enjoyed it. His performance, I really liked him in this too. I thought he uh, he conveyed it not so much as in five. I found it's like, like his swan song kind of thing. He does. Like, you and can there see that. That, you can see that he's yeah. The guy's seen some shit, but he's <laughs> like it's almost like um, this I'm, guy's seen I'm some retired. shit. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, that's it. So he doesn't he doesn't quite care enough. But no, no, he just doesn't care anymore. He just doesn't get. The other thing, like I don't, I'm not sure if I touch on this in the notes later on, but also the whole curse of thorn tattoo thing that, so like you know where it kind of disappears from the man in black, Mm. and then is then suddenly appears on on Loomis. Yeah. Like, what do you make of that? As a, I was hoping you could could enlighten me. I just found that really. I don't know. From my point of view, just yeah, just that was really weird. Well, weird moment. Like it really like that's I guess was the. Yes, we've kind of been dabbling with the whole supernatural thing, but this whole kind of passing on the torch of, mm. you know, the curse of Thorn kind of. Are we going to talk about this, the man in black? Yeah, we will. Yeah. Because yeah. He's... But before we get to him, let's let's just let's just park that and talk yep. about Tommy Doyle. Yeah. Because I know you want to talk about. <laughs> I know you want to talk we about Paul Rudd. Just do a Paul Rudd podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, like there's a look. This is his first film. It's introducing him. You know, yeah. um, but what's interesting in here is like, so again, so we don't have a, you know, the Jamie Lloyd character has been kind of snuffed out. Where else can you go? What other characters can you try and resurrect from this past? Tommy Doyle, of course, he's grown up now. Yeah. You know, the kid that Laurie Strode looked after. It's almost in like they need the to stop the movie and get someone to come in and explain. No, remember this kid from the first <laughs> yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you know. Anyway. Um, yeah, so like I just yeah, so the writers and producers have actually bring back the character of, of Tommy Doyle. After surviving the ordeal of the uh, Myers attack, we find him all grown up and looking very much like Paul Rudd mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, finally, finally, uh, only Paul Rudd has aged at all since this he film hasn't film aged came at out. all since this film. Yeah, put a like by like uh, image of him in this next to I don't know Ant Man, yeah. and um, you see that yeah, there is no difference. Much like Kevin Bacon, yeah, they drink the blood of. Young children. <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> okay. Technically, we've seen his character before, though, in, in Halloween 4 at the convenience store, hanging out with the Brady character. But blink and you miss him. Um, and he wasn't Paul Rudd, so that's probably why we <laughs> um, In the sixth instalment, though, we, he does return proper. Um, and he's become, uh, uh, as well as, like Loomis, has become a bit of a recluse, which is perhaps why he gets on well with with Loomis. <laughs> he just stares at people from across the street. Re-windowing up the place. There are it's, it's steamy windows. <laughs> um, there are heavy hints that he's uh, unhinged in his obsession with Myers over the years. Um, when he discovers Jamie's baby, he vows to protect him and in doing so, discovers the cult and the curse of Thorn. Uh, he eventually overpowers Myers somewhat unbelievably, I put here, by injecting him with some stuff and beating him with a pipe. He really enjoys um, that beating as well. He does. It's actually quite gifable that like, moment where it's like, <laughs> you know, he, he, he hits him and then he's like, no, nah, I'm going to go him again. And yeah, he's yeah. just like, he thinks he's a big tough guy. And you're just waiting for Myers to get up and That's it. tear him a new so, one. Yeah, but he doesn't. Thankfully, he doesn't. He doesn't. Couldn't have, couldn't have been able to take if seeing it, Paul Rudd die. If, if it wasn't for that pipe. Yeah. Which the weight of that pipe is it's obviously <laughs> not very heavy the way he's carrying it. He, he escapes with the baby and Laurie's cousin. Kara uh, and safety at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, there is this one. Okay, want to ask you about believability of his performance, right? Mm. Um, 
there is one scene where he's in a corridor and a car is locked inside a hospital room and he's trying to open it and he can't get it op- the door open whilst yeah. Myers is coming towards him. His performance in that lends weight to why he's a good comedy performer in later films because yeah. that's all I could see it like it was it was a it just wasn't believable he just no. I, but none of it like I feel, I feel like he's, he's trolling this entire film <laughs> yeah yeah he, he was trying to be funny <laughs> it did it, it no comes across as funny yeah a lot of it does I don't know whether that's because we know what how funny Paul Rudd is now or yeah it was just you know but he like I'd love to know what he thinks about this film that's exactly what I was about loves, to say he yeah. loves shitty movies yeah yeah like, every time he goes on Conan he shows a scene from like an old, old shitty yeah, kids, yeah. kids film. So like, I feel like he would embrace this. I think he would too. And yeah, he just feels he feels miscast. I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't like all due, due respect to him. I yeah, it just I don't know whether it's are we are we looking at it with uh, rose tinted glasses though? Maybe. You know, is it that? Because like it just it was just so hard to watch it, watch yeah, him in that I role. Said, he's got that weird. He's got some weird like. Eyeshadow thing going. I guess it was the mid nineties. What's the mid nineties, man? It's probably in the mid. He's probably in his grunge. In fact, there's a grunge. There's like a grunge song that plays over the end credits. There is. It's pretty obvious that, that we were now at well into the nineties with this film. Yeah. The previous than other Halloween films because the soundtrack is it's, all. Ah, uh, it's all been. Pref- they've replaced like yeah. the um the piano with like a guitar, and <laughs> yeah. it's just very. <laughs> it sounds like a TV score. Yeah, it does in a big way. Yeah, big big way. Yeah, it's kind of a bit. Um, yeah, so look, that's Tommy Doyle. Do you want? Is there anything else you want to add to him? Oh, look, in, look, it's probably not going to be in my top ten Paul Rudd performances. <laughs> oh, come on! But well, I, I ask you to like, reconsider. If you're going to be a completist, then yeah, give it. Yeah, go. for sure. All right, look. So we were talking about the Man in Black, aka Doctor Terence Wynn. Um, he's another character to be resurrected from the past. Um, featured briefly in the first movie Halloween um, when he's talking to Loomis about Myers' escape later revelations allude to the fact that it was perhaps him who taught Myers to drive uh, he's the basically he's the administrator of Smith's Grove uh, Sanitarium and he would appear again in uh, Halloween 5 although his identity at this point isn't known um, as the mysterious man in black uh, at the time of writing Halloween 5, the writers themselves were unaware of or unsure of who the identity of the Man in Black was. Because it kind of just shows, that's what I mean, like, yeah. it's very, like, that's kind of what they do in movies now. They yeah. like, that last scene, they kind of bring in the Man in Black. Yeah. It's like, who is this guy? And it's like, I guess I have a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Film. Of course they do. They have no fucking idea. No idea. But essentially, like, he becomes the secondary antagonist mm. uh, in uh, Halloween 6 when he arrives, oh, sorry, even unwittingly at the end of, of Five, sorry, yeah. uh, when he arrives at the climax of the movie and essentially kills six police officers in a bid to free Myers and kidnap Jamie. His killing spree somewhat uh, overshadows Myers' killings in the climax of that movie too, I felt. Yeah. Uh, you know, because he kind of just very easily just comes in and wipes people out. So is he, is it, we um, believe that he trained Michael in, like, the ways of... Born. Yeah, <laughs> well, like he's, he's the real puppet master behind. Apparently, that's the, whole the that's the purpose of it. Yeah, so like by the yeah. time uh, you know, by the time Curse hits our screens, it's revealed that Tor- Doctor Terence Wynn is the head of a cult, mm. and they are using Myers as a puppet to kill his family, right? In a way of blood sacrifice. Um, which is which on paper, mm. at least they're they're trying to do something new in the series. Like, yeah, you know, you've got another another villain, but I don't think they really do much with it. Like, he's not particularly no. memorable. The actor that plays him isn't particularly memorable. And he's not really very villainous, either. No, he's like, not. Once, he, once his face, once his, his true identity is revealed, yeah. you're just like, oh, shit. Well, now you've just shown all your, all your cards. Yeah, that's right. And don't yeah. no longer... Been, I mean, maybe it would have been more interesting to have it as a... Uh, walk along the whole kind of spectre kind of idea, as in, like, you don't know who's behind it. And they reveal... Yeah. Obviously, Blofeld's the one. By the time we get round to yeah, yeah, yeah. that reveal, um, that kind of thing may have worked, and maybe that's what they were going for. Because even the endings left a bit unsure yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of what's going on there. Um, we've been in this plot uh, for uh, for six. Um, he's also it's been real that he's also been secretly using Mai's DNA to bottle the evil, 
and believes he may have successfully done so in Jamie's baby. Even a new fragrance. Odor, Odor Myers. It's part, it's probably important to note that there are two versions of the movie, as I said, in existence uh, with the theatrical cut, uh, which is what our podcast is uh, basing its findings um, upon. Where we see, uh, you know, uh, Wynn's demise at the hands of Myers in an operating ro- operating room. Um, in the now infamous and much sought after producer's cut, uh, which we uh, here in Australia haven't had the chance to lay our hands on, God damn it! Um, there is a heavier scrutiny placed on the cult element. Um, Jamie's baby is to be used as a blood sacrifice, but Tommy stops the ritual and paralyzes uh, Michael with ruin stones mm. in that version. Uh, Wynn is left dying again at the hands of Myers, but manages to utter the words, it's your game now. Uh, to Dr. Loomis before succumbing to death and passing on the mantle of leader of the thorn cult so that's in the form of the tattoo. What he now signature that yeah. he must have. Yeah. <laughs> it's your game now. One of the classic lines. Um, yeah. So, what I mean, it's, it's really hard to not avoid t- talking around the whole kind of cult element and Dr. Wynn's role within this like but how do you feel about that whole I don't care about cult injection of cult storyline yeah like they even set it up Paul Rudd gets the voiceover at the start right (laughs) yeah yeah that's right introducing it all and even then I didn't care so it's just it's funny isn't it like I'm takes it to a place I didn't think the series would go um and probably won't go back to again no I just don't I think anything that takes away from Michael too much it takes away from the mystique it does a bit because it kind of gives you you're taking away the whole uh element of who or the mystery of who myers is by doing that if he if you kind of reveal like you Mm. know there's this stuff that controls him and it's not he's it's not him that's doing it any time you make the horror (coughs) you make the villain just appear to be like a puppet it's kind of like i was a bit at the end of dark Knight. Um, rises. I was a bit disappointed when, it, when when there was a revelation that Bane was simply just like you know someone else's tool. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah like, but and then from that on point on, I, I wasn't. I didn't fear him as much. Right? No, I didn't think he was as commanding. No, that's right. But um, it's the same kind of thing here, I guess. He, he's not yeah. necessarily sidelined in the film. Like it's not to that extent. No, it's not. No, you're right. But it just it just kind of. It just makes you look at Myers in a whole yeah, new light. And by the time we come around to this, like we're probably going to talk Myers. And yeah, the next, the next, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, want, you want to wait? Well, no, no, let's talk about Michael Myers. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> so, look, like a bit, a, a bit of a clunky segue. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We'll work it. We'll work it. Um, so, look, looking back on the franchise, uh, you know, maybe let's let's look at what impact that Myers has on on the franchise through four, five, and six. In uh, in four, his body count is an impressive seventeen out of eighteen people killed in the movie. This is his highest in the franchise at this point. Yeah. Um, his first on-screen kill is by driving his thumbs through an attendant's forehead. Mm, I like that one. That's kind of a cool one. Uh, we have three off-screen kills then before uh, impaling a mechanic with a, a metal rod, mm. uh, which follows this. Um, his next on-screen kill uh, will be when uh, he throws a character named Bucky into a metal transformer. Yep. Didn't didn't um, didn't really look like he was going to fried to death though. No. There's just a, a, a key grip like off to the side, flicking a light. <laughs> That's it exactly. <laughs> we then have uh, four off-screen kills of police officers, uh, which follow this. Uh, before he then uh, pins Kelly Mika to the wall with a shotgun. Um, and then snaps Brady's neck. I would say out of all the types of killing that the, the shape's known for, I think his favourite's probably impaling, don't you think? He does like to impale. Even knives. He likes hanging impaling. people like, like pictures. Like pictures, he does. Yeah. He does. True. It's, and there's it's even a cool. repeat in six, there's even a repeat of the head of the head tilt. Yeah. Like, when he's gazing on the yeah, no, it's like, kind of nice. If, if there's an act, if there's a Michael Moore, so there is a Michael Myers action figure. But we, that would, yeah, that would the be head like tilt. The pose, you hit a button. And yeah, his head. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> if it hasn't been made, it should be. The uh, uh, just just quickly, like um, his final four kills in the movie are four redneck vigilantes in the back of the moving truck. Um, oh, that's it. That's yeah. So um, look, uh, uh, and before we go into five and six, so what do we, you know, uh, and we uh, just. I might re-edit this, but you know we did mention also just on the whole kind of you know hanging hanging bodies on walls thing. 
you know, it is almost sometimes like he's creating art when he does yeah. it in his form, which I've always kind of liked yeah, about well, Myers' character. Yeah, I think we've character. always said that, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a nice touch. So what do we think about uh, his movement through four, though? That's a big bloodbath of killings, as I said, um, up in the ante. Uh, probably there's kind of some kind of nice standout ones, as, as you mentioned. The first yeah. the first one, the Kelly Mika um, killing as well. Ping in a, you know, with a, with a shotgun was kind of cool. Um, but then to kind of round it off with like just killing a bunch of rednecks on the back of a car as it's moving isn't isn't as good. No, that's so. that's more like action movie deaths. Yeah, you know? we we like it when he kind of sneaks up, getting tossed off the truck yeah. in Raiders. Yeah, man. But um, yeah, I think we haven't yet got to the point where the deaths are just ridiculously the death count's just ridiculously high. No, um, no. But I mean, that's it's high, but like you know, they all. They all kind of make sense, though, in four, don't you think? Yeah, they do. They, they're not. There's no. They're not outlandish by this point. They're not. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not ridiculous. Even though the rednecks are a little bit outlandish, but yeah, yeah, waving their pitchforks around. So, like, when we get to Halloween Five, though, his murder spree drops to twelve victims in this mm. one. So not as high. His first on-screen kill is of a character simply described as Mountain Man, but it would be his next kill. Uh, which would probably be the most controversial, killing off much-loved character Rachel Carruthers with a pair of scissors into the chest. Uh, so Rachel, obviously, you know, one of the survivors of, of four. Um, and people uh, did actually quite like her character too. Um, some great kills follow this, though, with, uh, you know, with Mike being stabbed in the face with a garden claw. Uh, yeah. We have uh, Spitz being impaled with a garden fork and then Samantha's stomach being... Uh, sliced open with a scythe so this is kind of like nice little moments in the next few scenes Uh, then we get a couple of off screen kills next when it's revealed that Myers has stabbed two deputy officers with a pitchfork before then killing Tina Williams with a butcher knife old faithful yeah you can't go wrong with that one can you nah Um, have they ever put like product placement for knives into films like if Scampan got in I don't think they could, could they? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, not, if, you, if you're making a, if you're going to kill, kill well. <laughs> yeah, like, you know. that's true. Um, look, so Myers kills uh, Deputy Eddie Gray by smashing his face into a steering wheel, and his last on-screen kill is of Deputy Charlie Block when he hangs in with a rope from a second-floor window. Um, his last two kills of the movie of Halloween Five is they, ha- they happen off-screen. And are unknown modes of death to a doctor and a nurse. Um, so, how do we feel about Myers' uh, killing rampage in I don't five? I think they're as inventive. No. They're a little less inventive. Apart from, I mean, I, the first, as you said, the second kill. The second kill was a bit, it was more of a shock, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Moment, rather than being inventive, like a pair of scissors as well. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing new there. I kind of like the, the middle chunk, though, you know, where, the, where he go, goes a bit crazy in the, in the barn. Killing a load of people with various oh, yeah. farming instruments. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's, he does. That's the thing. Like, it must be hard when you when they. That must be actually like a brainstorm they have. Yeah, they, yeah. And they've got the script, and it's just like, it's like how you want how like they've got yeah. a, a dial in the middle of the room. They spin. It's just <laughs> like it's a clue. It's like a Cluedo kind of thing. That's like right. Kind of mustard in the barn with the, <laughs> the rake. That'd be um, kind of cool. The uh, so look, he, he, you're right. It's. It, I mean that's what, but that's what people pay to go and see. Like particularly with uh, you know franchises, they they yeah. want to see the deaths and they yeah. want to see. They want those moments where the oh damn, hey. <laughs> damn. That's that's the kind of moments you're going for. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the squint through your fingers, kind of. The Glenn Walking Dead baseball bat. Yes. Yeah, spoiler. Moments. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a thing with me. But that's probably like a side a side note. Yeah, like eyes in general. Oh. Like I can't stand that. Like things with eyes. The Evil Dead remake. Ah, um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where I get very squeamish. Yeah. Involving an eyeball being sliced. Well, it's like uh, one of the earliest uh, horror films was um, short films was on Chien d'Andalou, uh, which is literally just a shot of an eyeball being sliced yeah. open and it's like yeah it's... Oh, even just talking about it <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but um, anyway. that very much that very much would push up a rating I think like, yeah yeah for some reason oh, yeah. Senses, I think so senses would have like a thing saying eyeballs uh, sliced eyeballs sliced <laughs> or squished 
So do you think it gets? Do you think so? These, these would be solid R rated. Yeah. Ones, right. Yeah, yeah. Or MA, MA or R. I think they were probably R at this time. Yeah. Like, but it, it's weird, isn't it? Because we, we as we become uh, mm. softened as a society with film yeah. culture and you look back at some of these and they probably should be more MA rather than R yeah I feel like they they soften it to a degree like they go harder on the blood in yeah. later Halloween films yeah 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 but they still do a lot of cutaways compared, yeah. to, compared to what we've seen now with torture porn and stuff yeah yeah that's right there's that's still right. a lot of, they, they often do cut away yeah. before the moment of you know so you don't get to see it but that's like I mean that's very uh you know, it's it's the element of what you don't see and what the imagination fills yeah. in the gaps of, which is part of the beauty of filmmaking, I think. If you kind yeah. of get audiences going away thinking they've seen something when they actually haven't, that's well, clever. But in the case of The Walking Dead, it's like clearly that they made a decision not to cut away <laughs> no, no, no. a lot of those moments. No, exactly. No, keep going. Arguably, keep going. arguably it doesn't always work. No, but. correct. So look, by the time uh, Curse comes around, Maya's death tally is taken back up to 17, equaling his kill achievements to the fourth instalment. Yes. His first on-screen kill is of a character named Mary, and he impales her head on a spike. Nice. Uh, um, he, then, he then snaps the head of a motorist before killing off Jamie Lloyd, ripping her body apart with tractor harrows. He then kills Deborah Strode with an axe into the chest and then gr- gloriously kills John Strode by stabbing him in the chest with a butcher knife and then electrocuting him. So that's the father figure that we grew to hate. And then his head explodes. And his head explodes. So how does electrocution cause that head ex- to explode? Uh, by putting dynamite into the mouth and setting fire to it. Ah. Didn't even see that bit. <laughs> that sounds like a very Looney Tunes. <laughs> exactly. Moment. Yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh, the suspension of disbelief is all all but out of the window by this point. Um, he then uh, guts Barry Sims with a butcher's knife before slitting the throat of Tim Strode, and Beth is repeatedly stabbed with said instrument. Um, in a you don't actually see much of that. It's no, all you don't. Through binoculars. And, That's right. Um, or I think the camera mm. mounted in Tommy's bedroom. But you see, it's weird the way that that death. It's done in it like is a weird, weird faux slow mo effect. And yeah. I don't know if they were trying to get the rating down or something. Or just... <laughs> Do we have much care factor for uh, uh, these characters at this point, though? Like Tim Strode and Beth? Like, no. You're Tim's... not really at... No, but I mean, they're both... They, 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 they both deserve... had sex. They had so, to yeah. deserve to die. Yeah, they deserve, they to, sex, yeah. deserve to die. So, like, when we reach the hospital, Myers then uh, guts a patient before uh, kills in succession or... Uh, various kills in succession of Dr. Terence Wynn and his team by uh, hacking them up with a machete. Nice. Um, his last kill is when he uh, crushes a doctor's head against some metal bars. Yes, that was that was kind of cool. Yeah. Although they didn't really, they cut away. They cut didn't, away you didn't get to see it in all its glory. No. I wanted to know how they would do that practical effect. Keep pushing Yeah, it's like, the bar, it's like you know, when the T-1000 walks through the bars. Yes. In, in uh, Yeah. Set. But, but with like a without much success, version <laughs> like I, I just thought of uh, uh, an offline for um, so is it any good dot com, yeah, um, with your latest article, yeah, yeah about yeah. great death scenes. Yes, I, I forgot to mention none about of these the, were in there, none of these <laughs> are in there, no, it says a lot, but I forgot to mention about uh, the opening to Cube, yes. Chocolate slicing. Oh, oh I love that. That was such a. I mean, it's been done to death since then, but when yeah. we first watched that movie, Resident it was Evil. such a. Resident awesome. Evil as well. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But I think. But anyway. I think that um, you could you could do like you could do a decent top one hundred on on like on death. Movie deaths. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure like it's, some sites have done it already, but yeah. it's kind of like once you get past fifty, it doesn't matter what order they're. No, no, that's true. But that's there's true. also it's also important that you kind of work out how. Like, what are you going for? Are you going for the ones that are simply just as gory as possible? Because there's actually, you know, like, dozens of them in the Saw franchise. Oh, hell but yeah. But I don't think that's... You shouldn't be rewarding them purely based on that. Like, no, there's, lot, there's just... There, there needs to be... Yeah, exactly. There needs to be inventiveness in there. Yeah, There needs sure. to be a actual scare factor thrown in. Or shock yeah. factor, I should say, not scare factor. Because you can have the gore, but it doesn't necessarily shock. Yeah, um, and I don't know what else would be in there, like like infamous kills. I don't know, like yeah, c- right. kills that have that still 
uh, resonate today. Some may have lost their account. Because I did so, make, obviously, the, my countdown is kind of a mixture of, of all different yeah, kinds yeah. of kills. But if, if you were going to base it purely off like the ones that still unsettled, there wouldn't mm. be many that all the films that still actually have the same kind no, of that's right. like, impact. But I think, I think a lot of the... Like obviously, there's moments in the first Halloween that still rank up there. Yeah, really yeah. Highly. Yeah. If you if you go back and look at them now, but um, yeah, there are those moments like that you still make you quite squeamish. And Cube definitely is one of those. Yeah, yeah. Definitely is one of those. I just I just remember that. I mean, we're, what's that? Sound almost twenty years old now, isn't it? Cube, I think. Yeah. Geez. Crazy. It's like mid nineties, I think, when that came out. Oh, um. So look, uh, which is about the same time that that. Uh, Oh no, that it's, can't be right. The track over the yeah, yeah. So look, um, what do we what do we think of Myers' journey through four, five, and six? I mean, yes, we learn about the whole kind of puppet kind of factor mm. on this. His kill counts. Do they? Is he still? I think he's lost a bit of something yeah. along the way. I don't know. Uh, it's probably like sort of somewhere between five or six. Yeah. Somewhere during five, maybe. Mm. He doesn't have that same. He's just a relentless killing machine, which yeah. he always has been, but. He doesn't move in the shadows as much. Like no. There's too many shots in Six, especially, of, of him well lit, perfectly lit, yeah. like not hidden. Spotlight on him. Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> Tap dance routine. Yeah, it's just, you know, why don't you just take him... He had it coming. <laughs> We're going to try and crowbar <laughs> that into like every podcast. Like <laughs> um, but no, I'm, yeah. waiting, I'm waiting for that, that um, Chicago Halloween crossover. <laughs> yeah, it's coming soon. Come on. <laughs> Maybe that's where they should Michael go next. Michael the musical... I'm, Honestly, <laughs> I guess Phantom of the Opera is like that. But the yeah, true. Yeah, the, he's not. You don't fear him at all anymore. Like I think by six, by six no, yes, yeah, right. It's interesting, isn't it? Like you just that fear factor is completely well, have, gone. Partially, that's because they demystify him a bit. Yeah, the whole cult storyline. Yeah, but just I think the way that's right. They shoot this as well. It's it's shot like you know, um, like I said, like an episode of TV. Yeah, it's it's kind of. That every time that the, there's a chance for there to be any kind of suspense, they'll cut away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then they'll just play it once again. They fall for the trap of if you're playing the, the Halloween music uh, and there's a horror, there's a killing scene going on, it must be scary. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which we know is not the case. It'd be great to see some uh, Halloween in the hands of someone like Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Um, you know, who he did, he did Hush fairly recently, of, you know, yeah. set that up as a, you know, uh, house invasion uh, horror, essentially, but having something like that, but playing with uh, someone as iconic as as Myers, would be quite quite yeah. an interesting kind of thing to see. Um, yeah, that's what that's where you, you know, that's where you have to go. With yeah, it, sure. yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of like you know, you look at it follows, and then mm. that's that's uh, an I, a, good, a good idea. But really, it is that is Myers. That's that's his kind of. That's why we always loved him. Yeah, yeah. Slowly but surely, like he, he'll he'll track you down slowly. Yeah. He's walking towards the house very slowly. You're trying to get the door open. He's not speeding up at all. No, he could he could totally kill you if he wanted to. But that's that's the menace of him. And it follows. You think to yourself, wait, wait. So these things move like mm. at a, a snail pace. How is that scary? It's like, well, you know, if if they're chasing you for long enough and they're relentless enough, yeah, yeah, it's, it's Where you down? scary. Yeah, but um. And that's the thing, like, you know, they do liken, they have likened Myers to a shark, which we've mentioned yeah. before, the whole Jaws analogy. Definitely. Uh, and Jason as well. Like, they're, they're all very similar. Like, they, it's it's a lot scarier when, they, and especially when they are almost playing with you, yeah. you know, or their victims. No, yeah. we definitely, they lose that along the way in this, this yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, So this, this, this series was in need of a bit of a resurrection if you will. <laughs> Unfortunately, when they did resurrection. Yeah, right. Anyway, so look, uh, let's let's try and kind of uh, gather our final thoughts on this. So, like, on of the movies and their place in there as the, in the franchise as a whole, where would you place four, five, and six um, from the ones just leading up to what we've discussed so far? So, ha- Halloween, two, yeah, season of the witch, four, five, six. I'd say four is probably after, like, obviously Halloween one. And two, like yeah. top, and then maybe four. Yeah, and then I think, I think three, five, and six are probably all down like a bottom line yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but quite further down. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big, there's a big act- gap between them, isn't there? There's it? actually like a lot of people out there that say three is actually like they quite like three, but 
Those people are full of shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's thrown it down. The gauntlet's done. Um, yeah, look, yeah, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I don't know whether they're trying to give it praise, like three more praise. Maybe it's because it was so bagged out. I think I think we said this in in, the, in yeah, our three did. podcasts of how look it's not a great movie but it definitely wasn't as shit as it deserved to have been panned at the time it, and it no. just shouldn't have been part of the Halloween franchise. Yeah. Full stop. It's it should have been on its own right. Even then though you question whether it would still be a movie people would revisit today no. without the Halloween attachment to it. Yeah. Uh, but no I I kind of I think I agree with you. I think two followed it did just follow the story on nicely of 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 the the night's proceedings. Yeah, it's that two um, fell two two is the only one that feels like it's from the same. Yeah, I mean the part of that's because Jamie Lee Curtis, but it feels still feels connected to the original. Yeah, that's right. But the, the other ones sort of feel separate to it. Yeah, they never feel like you know they're part of the same. No, that's right. Like and I, I think I do agree. I did like four. I have to admit, I I liked four's journey arc. And if you know, if you haven't got Laurie Strode anymore. Where do you go with it? And I kind of like the idea of, you know, another another bloodline yeah. out there, and you know, of using that. And I thought, you know, Daniel Harris was was good in it, and it helped having Pleasance in there. Yeah, uh, really hamming it up as well. well. I mean, it's, so, it's a rare thing to have so. to have at least one character follow through with six films. Like, yeah, well, it's not six films, five, five films. Five films. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you know, there's not many characters in the history of cinema that go through that many. No, although Alice in Resident Evil will break that. Come, oh, can you believe that there's the that final installment? How is that still a thing? Well, it's the final one now, isn't yeah, it? Okay. So we can and we can put it to rest. The same thing with Underworld as well. I know Kate Beckinsale. Come, is she coming back for that one? I think she is, isn't yeah, she? she? Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. She is her husband still directing? Les, Les Wiseman, is it? Actually, are they even still together? I don't even know. You can write in, listen. <laughs> Let us know. Just, I just, I I've lost know. the care factor on that one. I need to know. I need to keep up with the wise ones. <laughs> you know what the wise ones? <laughs> okay, so look, uh, I think that concludes our special podcast recording of uh, Halloween 4, 5 and 6. Keep an ear out for our further podcasts as we continue more of our Halloween franchise discussions. Um, uh, until then, we are Ben Skinner. Goodbye. And you're... <laughs> 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 that, uh, that was blunt. And now I will be how <laughs> nine thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. One more time. Until then, we are Ben Skinner. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's all gone wrong. <clears throat> <laughs> Until then, we are Ben Skinner. See ya. <laughs> and your humble host, <laughs> Paul Farrell. Goodbye. I think that was the one. <laughs> That's the winner. <laughs>